0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Hello and welcome to Joe's Boys. This is a podcast for little women, little men, and everyone in between. I'm your host, Peyton Thomas. I'm the author of the novel Both Sides Now. I'm also a writer for publications like Vanity Fair and the New York Times. And I'm here today with my very special guest, John Paul Bramer, a.k.a. Hola Papi. Hello. Uh, JP is a writer. Hello, Hola Papi. (laughs) JP is a writer and artist from Oklahoma, now based in Brooklyn. Since he started his advice column, Ola Poppy, in 2017, he's answered thousands of letters and written a memoir-slash-guide-to-life called Ola Poppy, How to Come Out in a Walmart Parking Lot and Other Life Lessons. David Sedaris called it a wise and charming book, and the New York Times called it a masterclass of tone and tenderness. So some good reviews to get. Mm-hmm. You can now follow Ola Poppy on Substack. JP, welcome to the show. How are you?
1: I'm so excited to be here, most of all because I haven't actually read Little mm-hmm. Women, and yet I have a relationship with Little Women. So I think I'm an ideal candidate for a podcast no, completely. Guest.
0: Tell me about your relationship to Little Women. Let's get into it.
1: Well, I have seen the film, the Greta Gerwig version. Is that the only one or is there another one?
0: Oh, there are like four or five, dude. (laughs) Oh, wow. There are lost little women's from the silent film era. Oh,
1: wow. The little woman verse of madness. That's amazing. Completely,
0: yes.
1: (laughs) Well, yes, I saw the one with Swashi Ronan, which, you know, love her, stand her. I love the Mm -hmm. reaction image that she gifted us. That's just her going, women. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like that women, quite a bit, you know, as a person who supports women. Write that down.
0: Completely. Yeah. I don't know if you've been getting into these audio deep fakes on YouTube, but I tried my own hand at making Ariana Grande do the women monologue and it came out really well, actually. <laughs>
1: I'll That's like, scary and impressive and wonderful.
0: <laughs> it was easier than I thought. We're in a brave new world. Anyway, if you want to hear Ariana Grande deliver that monologue, I'll put the link in the show notes or something. But oh, fantastic. <laughs> anyway. So you've seen the movie. What did you think?
1: I really enjoyed it. I thought mm-hmm. the part where they all have little confessionals was interesting, yes, where they're just yeah. looking right into the camera and speaking. I was like, <laughs> oh, it's like Drag Race. That's fun. <laughs> I think there should be... A drag race, mm-hmm. Little Women. Mm-hmm. I think they should cast a bunch of drag race queens on the next Little Women movie, the fifth no, one I... or sixth one or whatever it is.
0: How has that not already been an acting challenge?
1: I know. And okay, like here's, a everyone... fun, here's a fun. Here's fun little <laughs> exercise. Who would you cast? Your which drag queens would you cast as Jo? Oh my god! Or you know, I forgive me. Some of the names are yeah. a little. Yeah, there's Marmy. As the four
0: sisters. Beth, yeah, Beth.
1: Who else? I'm missing one. Amy. 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 Which one's the little sick one? It's Meg, right?
0: That's Beth. That's Beth.
1: That's Beth. A- <laughs> Beth.
0: <laughs> yeah. Sickly it's little so Beth. It's so good that you're on Joe's journal and Joe is the only one here.
1: Yes. I'm very <laughs> much here <laughs> so with her <laughs> throughout this yes. whole chapter.
0: Yeah. But so getting back to your question, that is a superb question. I think... So I'm watching, I just kind of caught up on All Stars 8, Mm -hmm. which I have mixed feelings about. I feel like that's kind of general consensus here. So that's, they're fresh in my mind. I feel like just off the bat, I'm personally thinking for Amy, we're going like Candy Muse, right? Because she's incredibly fashion forward and creative, but also is like not afraid to start shit. Uh That's what I'm thinking for Amy. (laughs) I could also see... I could also see Pheromone, but I think there's a little more backbone with Amy. Wait, I love
1: inspired. Oh my goodness.
0: Yes. No, it's okay. And then so for Beth, oh, that's now we're just, I'm like, who do I, whoever I say, I feel like it's going to be mean to that drag queen. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to go in a, for Beth, I'm going to say, I'm gonna go in a weird direction and say Willow mm. Pill, right? Because first of <gasps> oh, all, chronic wow. illness queen, yes. right? Uh-huh. And really intellectual and quiet, but secretly the backbone of the whole enterprise. Trying right? kind to of
1: take that role and run away with it, probably.
0: Absolutely, yeah. She would be extremely very good at being Beth. Now, for Meg, we're gonna want to go with the mom friend drag queen,
1: right? A Nina West type figure, yeah. or
0: completely. I was thinking we're like Tina Burner.
1: Tina, Ber- yes. <laughs> The staple brunch drag queen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or
0: Sugar Cane, right? Just someone who's fun for the whole family, right?
1: love Sugar Cane. Come on, Cirque du Soleil.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Cirque du Soleil. (laughs) Who is, come on, English lessons. That was... (laughs) Oh my God, it's on the tip Um. of my tongue. This is so embarrassing. Cuckoo. Yes, her.
1: Yes. Uh (laughs) I
0: don't know. I'm not saying her for Meg. I'm just like, okay.
1: Okay, but actually... Yeah, uh-huh. actually, I was just thinking a Puerto Rican queen with a heavy accent for Joe would be really funny. Oh,
0: Yara <laughs> Sophia, Yara
1: doing like yeah. her British Amy Winehouse thing. Oh but my like God. In Little Women would be <laughs> oh so God. funny.
0: No, well, you know what? That's so like Hannah, the Irish maid, who mm-hmm. whose speech Louise May Alcott polarizes in the book. That's Yara mm-hmm. Sophia doing Amy Winehouse. <laughs> that's her role, and then I feel like Joe, obviously main bitch. Absolutely not afraid to start a fight, but also clearly the best, Mm -hmm. right? So, who fits that description? Honestly, uh, (laughs) Bianca Del Rio. Yes. Tells it to you Mm -hmm. straight, but is also just so clearly the
1: one. (laughs) Or, like, you know, Adore might be fun.
0: Adore. I feel like Adore is Lori.
1: Oh. Adore is giving me more
0: Lori, you know? Mm -hmm. Just completely getting by on charm and being part of the family. And just, we really love Adore. But is yes. she winter material? We're not
1: sure. I see. I think they <laughs> should do this now. They should just they should make it happen.
0: <laughs> they should. I mean, it's all the pieces are there. This was the perfect acting challenge, circa Little Women coming out. Obviously, the girls and the gays are lining up for Little Women. I don't know how this hasn't happened yet, JP. I'm really glad you took us there right off the bat.
1: I'm also this imagining is... just a summer P-Town residency where Kennedy Davenport does every oh part. Oh my god.
0: Please! <laughs> we didn't even... Isn't there... Who else did a... Benda de la Creme did a one-woman show. She would also be a very strong... Yes. I think for Marmee. Benda mm-hmm. la Creme is Marmee to a T. Oh my god. We have to... Well, I guess this leaves us very... We've talked about which drag queen is each March sister... For the record, I feel who are you backing in in All Stars Eight before we move on?
1: oh gosh, that wretched affair i <laughs> it's really it, it bums me out this season does yeah, just a little I don't know why it has this uh, melancholy it's... aura to it that caused me to dip.
0: It was a total I... bummer that Heidi left, and then and we almost lost kahana, and she was re- that was a extremely depressing run of episodes
1: and then seeing Heidi and Kahana fight online made me sad I I, I wasn't enjoying it like oh my god the drama I was like oh man this is a bummer
0: it's not fun drama they're not having fun you know right
1: I Um, guess because Jimbo doing Shirley Temple was one of the most disturbing things I've ever seen and I want to reward that I guess Uh, the way she moved her body in that clip I saw mm -hmm. I was like you're committing (laughs) you are like yes in it to win it yeah yeah let's reward that behavior
0: I agree and understand. I think Jimbo was a very strong contender at this point. I think the Trixie Mattel look was outstanding. (laughs) I personally, though, like, I love Candy Muse, Mm -hmm. right? She was, I came out of, obviously, Simone was taking it. I knew from the very first promo shot, but I came away. I really wish Candy had a moment. So I'm team Candy. I think probably it will be Jimbo, but maybe I'll back Candy in the fame Mm -hmm. games.
1: Also a great choice. If you don't have star quality...
0: Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. <laughs> which, that's a very Joe March line. As well. No, that's Amy. We cast Candy as Amy already. Uh-huh. Oh my God, we have to move on. If you're listening and you're like, what on earth are they talking about? Because we have a lot of
1: 19th century academic listeners <laughs>
0: as well. This is Joe's Boys, a Little Women podcast. And so, which March sister are you, JP?
1: I'm going to say something really out of pocket and just cast myself yes. as Joe. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a writer Fabulous. girl. Yeah. I use my words. No. <laughs> I think I deserve it all. I'm a little delusional, Mm -hmm. but I can back it up. I think I'm, yeah, I think I'm Joe. Yeah,
0: no, completely. And you are, and I'm so glad you're here for this episode because you were originally, I had you for a later chapter, Mm -hmm. which was more Meg-centric, and as I was booking guests, I'll say it now, Willa Fitzgerald, who portrayed Meg in the 2017 Masterpiece Theater, Little Women, alongside Maya Hawke, Angela Lansbury, Emily Watson. She's coming on the show. Oh, iconic. And so she was going to come and do this chapter. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it and I was like – Meg is barely in here. So maybe Willa (laughs) should do (laughs) the Meg chapter. And then I said to you, I was like, Do you want to do the chapter that's about being an underemployed writer in New York who's really horny for a daddy? And
1: (laughs) I mean, I am often alone in a room with a German man. So this
0: is (laughs) great for me. I don't mean to like suggest anything about your sexual preferences and whether or not you're into Professor Bear.
1: Um, it, but it hits? It yes. sure does.
0: Yeah. Okay. So with that in mind, JP, I mean, we've already kind of gotten into it, but what happens in chapter 33, Joe's journal?
1: Yeah. So Joe does what I would do immediately, which <laughs> is to sort of figure out the chemistry of her surroundings in terms of what's good and what's bad yes. about it. So, you know, I like the arithmetic she does. We're like, you know, yeah, there's the long stairs that you have to take mm-hmm. to get up, but the view makes up for it. And that's just how I think as well... You know mm-hmm. the I like the church tower being the thing that atones for the sins of the stairs. I thought that was a fun little piece <laughs> of Christianity, but the real star of the show, yes. of course, is this Mr. Bear figure who mm-hmm. I picture as mm-hmm. like Guillermo del Toro but German Ooh, I don't know about you. Yes. I'm imagining this bespectacled, plump, pleasant person oh,
0: no, I can completely see it, yeah, yeah,
1: especially Guillermo del Toro even describing the big moppy hair. or whatever and so she takes a fascination with mr bear and she learns that he is a professor he gives german lessons Mm -hmm. and he does everything on his own he's poor as a church mouse as it said Mm -hmm. and joe kind of feels bad about this and takes to doing little tasks for him like i love the word darn darning by the way
0: yes yeah
1: darning his socks. I think that's lovely. <laughs> like the language in books from this era I love so much. You get to yes, see words like governess, yeah. for example. I just we
0: don't have those anymore, really.
1: Things used to be so cool. We used to wear fun hats, <laughs> you know.
0: We did. There's
1: <laughs> we kinda don't.
0: I was in Gettysburg for a conference this past weekend, which is not relevant to anything except this is one of those towns where they do civil war reenactments mm-hmm. all the time. And so I saw the hoop skirts, I saw the Civil War uniforms. There was a store in town that just sold weird Civil War era hats. Mm -hmm. So I'm very there. I'm right there with you in bringing back the weird hats. Bring back
1: the weird hats.
0: Yes. Something's missing.
1: I also enjoy the part in this chapter where Joe overhears two young men criticizing her lack of style and she gets mad, but then she's like, actually, I don't care. Yep. Which I also relate to that very heavily. Mm -hmm. That's how I, you know, process things where, if someone yep. criticizes yep. me, I'll be like, oh no. And then I'll be like, you know what? I don't care. Yeah, that is That's a fascinating problem.
0: moment. It's a fascinating moment for Joe. It's a fascinating moment. We'll talk about why Alcott put that in there. Yes, but yes, yeah, yes. so Joe is just in New York. She's getting used to her surroundings. Keep going. Keep going. Sorry. I don't mean to cut you off.
1: She gets to know Miss Norton, who is wealthy. Mm-hmm. She's an educated woman and she's interested in Joe. And I yes. have to imagine. This is just bliss, right? When I when you're that age,
0: yes, and
1: you're really yeah. unsure of yourself, and boys are being mean about mm-hmm. your sense of fashion and your looks or whatever, and then there's this grand dame who, for some reason, takes yeah. an interest in you, and it just validates absolutely everything about you. You're like, no, I am like a whimsical, alluring enigma yes. of a person, and this woman who's everything I aspired to be recognizes that in me. It just must be bliss, you know. Yes.
0: I love that. We were going to get into Miss Norton, the sweet-faced maiden lady, mm-hmm. and the implications of the international implications.
1: <laughs> the of international implications that has. <laughs> you know, oh there God. there are little scamps running around this chapter. Yeah. We've got Tina, there are many. Kitty, yep. Minnie, and I thought the cutest part to me is Mr. Bear pretending to be mm-hmm. an elephant while one of yes, them oh my God. rides on his back. I thought, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, Mr. Bear, you're just too much, Mr. Bear. <laughs> <laughs> this is around the time I imagined him, not as Guillermo del Toro, but as the sleepy tea time bear in his like yes. in his nightcap and his like sitting on his Completely. couch.
0: Completely. <laughs> okay, sidebar. Do you know that the sleepy time bear is not affiliated with a cult?
1: Oh wait. Okay. Can we please say more about this?
0: Yeah. Briefly? I'm sorry. We're gonna have to put a pin in the. So it's sponsored by a company called Celestial Seasonings, right. right? So it began in the 1960s with a bunch of friends who would gather herbs and flowers in the mountains around Boulder and sell them to local health food stores, so like very granola country origins. Mm-hmm. But these friends were obsessed with this book called the Urantia Book, mm-hmm. which is a spiritual, philosophical, and religious book. And the founder, Mo Siegel, of Celestial Seasonings is now the president of the Urantia Foundation which prints Foundation quotes from the Urantia book on the tea packaging. And basically, the intent is to unite – this is Wikipedia, where they're saying that – I'm sorry to my editor who's like watching me fill this out in real time – but it discusses the origin, the meaning of life, mankind's place in the universe, the history of the planet, the relationship between God and people, the Mm -hmm. life of Jesus – peculiar supernatural phenomena, psychoanalysis, hypnotism. I don't know if I'm doing like a super good job explaining this. I mean,
1: if you've had that tea, that's what it feels like.
0: Yes. So it's what the book describes that at the center of the com- cosmos is the stationary Isle of paradise, the dwelling place of God with paradise being surrounded by Havana an eternal universe containing a billion perfect worlds around which seven incomplete and evolutionary super universes circle. So that's, yeah, that's the tea. Can you Literally. imagine
1: that like the bear suddenly opens his eyes and just says all that?
0: I actually can. <laughs> I really like, can. You know what? He's asleep, but he's so much he's more woke than any of us in so many yeah, ways. I was like,
1: actually going to draw it's... him with his eyes open as for like for fun, but then I found out they already did a campaign. Cause I was gonna make the joke, like the sleepy t- the sleepy mm-hmm. tea time bear has gone woke, folks, and have his like eyes open. <laughs> but apparently, like they already did an internal campaign where they open his eyes and they were like, he's awake. <laughs> that was yeah sorry my bad i suppose so, uh, you... i should mention mrs kirk who i neglected to yes. talk about you know she's here she laughs mm-hmm. a lot she smiles a lot she's affable she's you know love her yeah, yeah. she's fine no,
0: she's a wonderful mom figure mom away from home well, figure i'm
1: so used to reading alice monroe where oftentimes yes. the woman in this situation has a sort of like cool contempt for the younger woman working in the house So I kept expecting that to happen. In fact, I was like, the short story I was reading right before I dug into this one, is called Some Women. And it's kind of about like working (laughs) women versus women who knew their place back in the day. And she's like a teenager and she's working in this house where the woman who hired her just has such not even outright contempt, but just has no concern for interiority. Oh, you're here to just work on in my house. You're not a person just ignores her and has no consideration for whatsoever. So I was expecting, I was just in that, mindset i guess and so when mrs kirk ended up being a friend of mine i was like oh wow isn't this lovely
0: yeah like i completely it's a it's like a very soft landing for joe in new york
1: yeah i wish i had such a soft landing in new york (laughs) when i first got to new york i found a friend of a friend who let me share her (laughs) air mattress with her and she was like this goth girl and we said two (laughs) words to each other we went to bed and woke up next to each other on this air mattress and it was just like hey oh you know rufus (laughs) okay, cool. And that was it. For two nights, we were like that.
0: Oh, my and God. That's that's me
1: going to New York. Yeah.
0: yeah, that's modern day Joe in New York, maybe. I don't know that she would have such a chill time. But no, I mean, she's she does have an attic kind of bedroom. It's up all these flights of stairs. So it's not perfect, mm-hmm. right? It's not idyllic. It's clear eyed about striking out on your own. I, In fact... I'm just going to read you a journal entry from Alcott to get Mm. us started. She wrote in 1856, I was born with a boy's spirit under my bib and tucker. I can't wait when I can work. So I took my little talent in my hand and forced the world again, braver than before and wiser for my failures. And then later, Alcott came back to this entry and wrote in the margins, Joe in New York. (gasps) Yes. Wow. So that's what Joe is doing with a boy's spirit under her bib and tucker, taking her little talent, forcing the world, (laughs) brave and wise. That's where we are. That's how
1: it feels moving to New York.
0: That's, yeah, I've only visited, but I feel a little bit of that when I'm there. Yeah, so I think I want to get us started off. I We're going to talk, we're going to go deep on Professor Bear. Yes. Now, you haven't read Little Women. Correct. You've just read this chapter. In a couple chapters, basically, Joe will give him some of her writing and be like, what do you think of this? And he'll be like, I think this is a moral garbage, <sighs> and you should be ashamed of yourself. <gasps> so... So, you're gonna have to hold that in your mind, Uh, but like right now, everything is fine. Mr.
1: Bear, (laughs) Mr. Bear, you know, it's it's his upbringing in the cult.
0: It's (laughs) no, it's not (laughs) Joe is not in line with the Urantia Foundation, (laughs) she's not seeing the Isle of Paradise. You know,
1: you do get a flash of his capacity for some sort of malice when he throws the book down, you know, like you do get this feeling.
0: I don't love that. I don't love that scene where we'll get yeah, to yeah, it. Yeah. But I want to just focus on his name, mm. which is B-H-A-E-R. So it's a little bit of a strange spelling, right? Mm. It's actually, it's an extremely rare spelling. And I went on Ancestry.com because I do have a subscription because my dad is a real freak about that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> love you, dad. But on Ancestry.com, there are 13 U.S. immigration records for B-H-A-E-R, okay? Okay. And that's compared to 18,000 immigration r- records for B-A-E-R. Okay. So the common spelling does not include the H. With 13 immigration records, we're basically in the realm of straight up Ellis Island misspellings, right? right? So I would like to advance the hypothesis that B-H-A-E-R is a straight up misspelling on Alcott's part. Ooh. That's, I just want to get that out the of the standalo. way real quick. The scandalo, <laughs> yeah. I think... A really fun thing to know about Alcott is that she was not very deeply not a great speller. And in her original manuscript, she especially struggles with any time two or more vowels are in a row.
1: Oh, she's just like me for real.
0: I know. So I think this is a misspelling that has just been preserved for hundreds of years. And I think that's incredibly charming.
1: (laughs) That's beautiful in a way. Um,
0: Yeah, it's lovely. So that's Professor Bear. Joe comes. She's going to be a governess for these children not for Professor Bear's children. He's kind of looking after them. Mm-hmm. But eventually, it's that boarding house life. Everyone's kind of looking after everyone right. after a little while. Joe says, I am not a fine young lady traveling on the continent. So already, Joe is kind of between this and Alcott saying, Joe and NY is connected to, I was born with a boy's spirit. Already, Joe is striking out in kind of a cool, gender fucky yes. way. And making her way in the world. She's also making this trip because she thinks that Laurie has a crush on her and might be about to propose. So she's she's literally dipping and being like, bye, I'm going to go to New York for a while. Don't
1: follow me. <laughs> Probably all go to New York. There's always some suitor back I, home that thinks they're going to yeah. wed you and, you know, Man. the dowries involved. And it's like, no, I'm actually <laughs> going to go be a writer in New York City. I mean, that yes. exact same thing happened to me.
0: That's like the act one of every Hallmark movie. <laughs> the pre-every Hallmark movie. And then you go back to your hometown and there's the old boyfriend mm-hmm. who wants to marry you. But... Not for Joe. That's not happening. She initially, this is an interesting note. It seems like she's nervous about getting to know the people who live in the boarding house at first. She says, I'm to have my meals with the children if I prefer it to the great table. And for the present I do, for I am bashful, though no one will believe it. And that's, uh, can you relate to the like, actually, I would prefer to just chill with the kids and the pets at the big gathering. Have you
1: ever had that? Pets? Yes. She lost me a bit with the kids.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: I'm scared. (laughs) Of children, because they just say stuff, you know.
0: I do, they'll just yeah. say it's
1: all sorts of stuff, and sometimes it's whatever, sometimes it's the most hurtful, astute thing you've ever heard.
0: <laughs> I just, no, I <laughs> it really gets to children the heart are...
1: of your whole deal,
0: yeah. See, for me, my experience at family gatherings, especially, is we're far more likely to kind of get into like politics or the unpleasant stuff or the gay cousin of it all, uh, I guess. Whereas, with when I'm with my nieces and nephews, we can just play Paw Patrol. And that's a lot less stressful (laughs) for me. (laughs) Yeah, you're right about
1: that. So what I'm saying is I relate to Joe. I feel this being too shy to be around adults. Oh, you know, it's nice to see this person who is so bold in striking out in this way. And then also having capacity for shyness and, you know, embarrassment and the feeling of, oh, I want to hide myself away. You know, that's such a human thing. We have our moments of extreme courage and then... There's these weird little valleys where we're like, I wish I didn't exist uh-huh. publicly right now.
0: No, I, which to a sense is sort of justified by later on, after she does go down to have dinner with people, she overhears two men talking about her and mm-hmm. they're like, What the deuce is she at our table for? Which already that's very snotty. <laughs> and one of them says, Handsome head, but no style, not a bit of it. Oh, the,
1: these guys this, are just. <laughs> what is the word that I'm, this <laughs> prototype of a twink? Of a mean I- <laughs> twink just sitting at this table and mm. being like, girl, what is mm. she wearing though?
0: <laughs> no science. We could read this as maybe they're dismissing Joe as a sexual prospect or mm. whatnot, but it's they're like, Yeah, she's hot, but <laughs> it's specifically about her clothing. The clothing right.
1: is the issue. And I love that.
0: Yeah. The it seems like maybe the manner is what the deuce is she at our table for. It's very funny. And it's well, it's know. kind of the only place where we see joe getting evaluated in this way by men Mm. earlier on laurie brings friends home from college and they're all obsessed with joe and they want to be her best friend but none of them ever make a move on her or even think about it which (laughs) reads to me as like this very fantasy thing of i'm just one of the guys
1: Uh uh-huh nobody Um, even thinks about me in that way i wish it This is gonna sound bad but i wish that we were more often this way like it's actually not about what you look like it's not about your innate body it's like girl what are you wearing
0: (laughs) so you're saying joe deserves to be dragged for her style for just putting whatever rags on her back
1: (laughs) (laughs) i like that in a way and these men
0: yeah and you were highlighting this earlier she writes i felt angry at first and then i didn't care for a governess is as good as a clerk so that's an example of just womanhood kind of maybe limiting her possibilities as far as a list of what profession she can go into. And then she says, and I've got sense if I haven't style, which is more than some people have, judging from the remarks of the elegant beings who clattered away smoking like bad chimneys. I hate ordinary people. So that's a very good clapback. How do you rate that as a clapback? Get them. Yeah, get em, Collect them. I mean,
1: calling someone ordinary is <laughs> <it's laughs> devastating. It's,
0: again, to bring us back to Drag Race. This thing about handsome face but no style and Joe's paragraph length dragging you to hell. It's like that one untucked fight where what's her name? The straight one picked a fight with Jasmine Kennedy and Jasmine oh my just God. Like
1: gathered her and just, demolished her. Yeah.
0: This is your moment. Have it. It's very that.
1: Get her, Joe.
0: This is get her. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I mean, we still do that, don't we? Like, we call people basic.
0: No, completely. It's very modern. She's like, you have no sense. You're clattering away. You're smoking like a bad chimney. You smell. You're ordinary. You'll never be glamour, etc. It's very... (laughs) (laughs) It's wonderful. So, but she's not connecting with everyone, but she does... We'll get into Mr. Bear. We'll get back to Mr. Bear in a second, but... Then there's this sweet-faced maiden lady who looks as if she had something in her, and that is Mm -hmm. Miss Norton. And you described her as a grand dame. Do you want to talk a little bit more about that, your reading of Miss Norton?
1: I mean, I read a lot of old Russian stuff. and so The grand dame will just every once in a while come Come up, and it's just this figure. I'm so drawn to this character for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's because I find it incredibly comforting that as I age, I can become more elegant, more interesting. And my adeptness at society, like getting to know the ins and outs Mm -hmm. of it. I'm a little bit jaded, but I'm cooler because I'm jaded because I know everything. And I know how to entertain people and I know how to spin a yarn. This Mm -hmm. is just a woman who knows the world, has found her place in it, has made peace with it. And Mm -hmm. for someone like that to approve of you. Knowing what yeah. they know, having seen everyone that they've seen and met everyone they've met, it's just yeah. heaven on earth.
0: No, completely. And it's occurring to me that Miss Norton, now I had, it's when you said Grand Don, that was interesting because I had really read Miss Norton as a younger person, but I think you're right. And I think maybe there's an element of here of, oh, this is what my future could be. I don't have to get married, right? I mm-hmm. can have fine books and pictures and know interesting people and get into good society, except not the same sort that Amy likes right? Mm -hmm. So it's a bit more about the intellect and art. Miss Norton is like, you can have all this, you don't have to get married. There's this other way for you.
1: There's a way forward for you. (laughs) That's something so important. I mean, I think in the queer world, we see that a lot, right? We have sort of determined to probably not follow the typical path that a lot of other people would follow. We've arranged our lives somewhat differently than what's expected of us. so to see people who are living a big life many years ahead of you. Not even many years, just a few years even ahead of you and just yeah. being like, I can do that though, you know? Yeah, it's like,
0: wait, no, it's not true what they're saying at home that I have to get married, that's the only way. Here is someone to show me something else.
1: I can be a fascinating person.
0: Yeah, Alcott has said, Joe should have been a literary spinster. Mm. That should have. She should not have wound up married at the end of the book. I think this is kind of the closest that we get to maybe seeing Alcott's original vision for what Joe should have been.
1: Right.
0: Because, spoiler alert, at this point, she does wind up married to Professor Bear at the end of this novel. Wow. It's...
1: Oh, that's so funny, because now that I, I think about it, watching the little women, they made Mr. Bear so hot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and <he's, laughs> In the movie.
1: Well,
0: let's get into it. He's not... He hasn't a handsome feature in his face, we learn, except his beautiful teeth. She's like, those teeth are banging. <laughs> Which actually, let's talk about the teeth. Uh-huh. In Anna Karenina, which was one of Alcott's favorite books, she was like, everything seems boring after reading Anna Karenina. There's this recurring motif of... Have you read Anna Karenina at all? Do you know yes, the basic outline? That's actually outlines? when I was
1: discussing yes. the Grand Dame character. That's kind of what oh. I was thinking of.
0: Yeah, completely. So I'm thinking there's this motif in Anna Karenina of Vronsky having fine, beautiful teeth. Uh-huh. And he's constantly smiling and showing Anna his teeth And it just recurs over and over to the point where it's like, this: what is the obsession with the teeth? Leo Tolstoy is this kink I don't know about what is happening. And then at the end of the book, when after Anna has died under the train, Vronsky develops a toothache. And he's Mm. sitting there and his jaw is searing in searing pain. And he has it wrapped up because he has a toothache. So it's this... I think this might be something that Alcott maybe nipped from Tolstoy. His teeth are beautiful. The Vronsky teeth. And they're
1: interesting. like... interesting.
0: That's just my extremely nebulous link here.
1: My main <laughs> thing that I honed in on in Anna Karenina was the hats. He just loves talking about hats. Yes. In fact, when someone's not wearing a hat, the text will say, who was I- not wearing a hat? In like in between <laughs> like commas. <laughs>
0: it's back to what you said. If we wore weird hats, this was...
1: We used to be so Critical. interesting.
0: Yeah, Joe wears a fun hat at this point. She wears a men's hat and is like I don't care if people don't like it. So back again to the lack of the not caring about I just her lack of style. I had know, to google all.
1: the actor in Greta Gerwig's <laughs> Little Women who played Dr. Bear and I'm like, "Man,
0: <laughs> he's about 19 years old and incredibly what hot." What a
1: smoke show. Ugh.
0: It's <laughs> they don't always in the 33 version, he's an older man. And in the, it's that thing they do in Spider Man with Aunt May. He just keeps getting younger and hotter for no reason. <laughs> Basically, he's one of the weirdest parts of this book. Everyone sort of struggles with what to do with him, how to have Joe relate to them, how to, nobody straight up adapts the fight that they have about her work being bad and immoral because it just, the book couldn't recover. Because what ends up happening is he says all this to Joe and Joe's like, you're so right, and stops writing. And that, sucks. <laughs> it's occurring to me what Greta does is introduce the movie with Professor Bear and just get him out of the way. Right. And really have Joe hit back at him in a way that she does not in the book. But at this point, it's idyllic. She is sort of enchanted by this thing of he's very poor, he is giving lessons to support himself and two oh, little orphan nephews. She says not a very romantic story, but it interests me. It's very romantic. Oh, this poor old man who's all alone here in a country where he doesn't speak the language and he's right got these orphans she says i mean to peep at him and then i'll tell you how he looks he's most 40 so it's no harm marmy." so she says she's like don't even worry about this guy being a suitor or anything joe is 19 here she's 19 about
1: so yeah i saw that part and i was like oh man they get together don't they
0: they sure do (laughs) (laughs) yeah and she says that he has a fatherly look about him so there's maybe something freudian going on here it's maybe (laughs) we spend far more time with professor bear than we ever do with the actual dad march in this Mm -hmm. book which is interesting okay a lot of people read professor bear as kind of a pseudo bronson alcott who was lou alcott's dad in real life who was also just a kind of poor, down-on-his-luck scholar with a very capacious mind, but just couldn't hold down a job for very long, was very principled, but often to a degree that he had a thriving school in Boston, and then he integrated it, and then all the white families pulled their kids out, and he was like, that's fine, I'm just going to go on teaching abolitionist children and black children. (laughs) And the school foundered because the rich white families stopped sending their kids there. So it's that kind of thing. It's very principled, poor, scholar type and he has a fatherly look.
1: Sigmund Freud, you will always be famous. Sigmund Freud. Thank
0: <laughs> oh <my> God. <laughs> but so she's writing home about her adventures with Professor Bear. And it's interesting. This chapter's title is Joe's Journal, but actually she's writing letters. Right. She's writing letters home to her family. She's like, "Say hi to everyone including Laurie." But we're a couple letters in and to really getting to know Professor Bear, she's at this point darning his socks, as you pointed out.
1: We love to darn. Me and the girls she loves- darning.
0: It's interesting. She says it's a little pathetic to think about the poor man having to mend his own clothes. The German gentleman embroider, I know, but darning hose is another thing and not so pretty. So she's saying, oh, darning is beneath men. Mm, I feel bad for this man who has to darn his own socks, right? But she's going to do it. So that's interesting.
1: I know. I was like, this isn't like you, Joe.
0: (laughs) The gender of that. I was actually, I was darning a little earlier myself. I was watching Wednesday. Mm. I was darning some clothes. I'm not
1: We do darn.
0: We do darn. I took this is complete sidebar. We are going all over the place this episode, but I took a visible mending course here at the library and uh-huh. it's so much fun. It's so addictive. I'm patching and darning all over the place now. Like, anyway, I kind
1: of want to darn now.
0: It's worth getting into, you know, like when you have a t-shirt with like a little hole in it and you're like, yeah, I can't wear Right. Like, you darn a, that shit up.
1: For a man like, like me to be darning on my own though. I just don't know. Is it still pathetic?
0: I don't think this is the 19th century, right? I think we've mm-hmm. evolved. I think men can darn. Right? I think women be <laughs> darning, men be darning. We're all darning. But so, she's at this point, she's like, oh my god, this guy, he has beautiful teeth, and he's so good and kind, and he's looking after these orphans, I'm darning his socks. By the way, is Lori studying so hard that he can't find time to write to me? <laughs> Uh-oh.
1: Laurie.
0: <sighs> and it's, poor Lori, I will just say. Joe is not interested in Laurie as a romantic prospect, but she re- she loves him. She thinks I he's really a wonderful friend. I feel that,
1: though. And also, though, don't you have some expectations of your reply guy? I- <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's that thing in that one scene in Euphoria. Oh, my God. We're going all over the place in this episode. But when they're in the hot tub and someone asks Maddie and Nate Jacobs, are you going to get back together? And before Maddie can answer, Nate says no. And then Maddie's like, well, I was going to say no, but why did you say no?
1: Right. (laughs) It's very that. It's very that. She's
0: she's like, yeah, so I specifically went to New York to get away from Laurie, but why isn't he writing to me? What's going on? I know he's romantically interested in me, and I've been raving about this other guy's beautiful teeth, but why why isn't Laurie writing?
1: Is he just super busy? (laughs) What's the matter? Are you raving about other men's teeth? Yes or no?
0: (laughs) We don't know. What do we know about Laurie's teeth? Maybe that's it. Maybe the teeth were a deal breaker. He needs better teeth. Uh, He needs better teeth. The dentistry in Italy where he grew up is not... Yeah, I
1: forgot. I'm getting annoyed with Laurie now that I think about it. Like, He grew up in Italy.
0: He grew up in Italy. (laughs) He's Italian. He's a person of color for the age
1: that this is Italianics, yes.
0: Yeah, like we've talked about this. It's no joke. In fact, some of the subtext of why he's so desperate to marry into the March family is if he does it will grant him greater access to whiteness and up his social prospects which is something Ooh. that's like kind of left out of when you know when Amy is in the Greta Gerwig movie is you know for me yeah for you marriage might be whatever but for me it's an economic prospect and you have to understand that Laurie's dad got disowned for marrying an italian woman so it's like yeah he knows he's
1: <laughs> this is so latina
0: i know <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's my review so,
0: <laughs> that's your review Lori is so latina yeah so I never know what to think of what Joe really thinks of Laurie, what Joe, what Laurie is to Joe. I think what Alcott wanted from life was a place where she could really just be genuinely deeply friends with men in a way mm. that she wasn't allowed to. Because it just simply, it's, even today, you're really being extremely close, for straight people at least, with a woman, with a man who is not your husband. That's, mm. it's looked down upon. It's strange. What are they it's up really, to? really... Yeah, it's difficult to do. So she's trying to preserve something with Laurie that eventually she finds her way in the end. She does do this kind of communist idol school campus thing where she and Laurie are both professors and they hang out together all the time with all their families. But yeah, but right now, Alcott hasn't found her way yet for those characters. She only knows the one thing that is absolutely not going to happen is Joe marrying Laurie. That's not going to do So we're getting to know Professor Bear, and she's devised, Alcott has said that she devised Professor Bear as a funny match for Joe, kind of, and she was like, I can't wait to get all the angry letters. She kind of knows that she's pissing people off here. (laughs) Troll. But, yeah, and so, but I think the first sign of, I could be down with kind of Joe having this very companionate relationship with Professor Bear that's very based on books and learning and palling around with a bunch of nieces and nephews, but he offers to teach her German. Right? Right. She doesn't know any German. And so they get into it and she's having a rough time and he says, he just threw the grammar onto the floor and marched out of the room. I felt myself disgraced and deserted forever, but didn't blame him a particle. And at this point, my sirens are blaring.
1: Yes. Right. Girl, fight back. Girl, Girl, fight back.
0: (laughs) I don't love that she's not blaming him for freaking out and throwing the book on the floor and marching out. Say I write into Hola Poppy and I'm like, hey, so this hot daddy who lives next door to me speaks german i've always been curious about learning german so i went over so- for some lessons and he got super impatient with me and threw the grammar on the floor and marched out is it my fault <laughs> and I'm what really, are you saying like, as girl, the <laughs> girl.
1: <laughs> like, listen to yourself listen to like, yourself speak
0: it's fucked up and she says i wanted to run upstairs and shake myself hard would When they talk about shaking here, it was sort of like a way that you would physically punish children. Mm -hmm. There's an earlier scene where Laurie is upset because his grandfather has just shaken him. And he's like, I need to run away. I can't be in that house anymore. So the language of shaking herself is very loaded here. Visceral. Visceral. And eventually he kind of, Professor Bear comes back and is like, you know what? The grammar isn't happening. Let's find another way into the German language. But I don't love the outburst.
1: I like, uh, really well. It also, yeah. I think one of the reasons it's so jarring is because we're getting Joe's perspective of this sweet man, yes, who the yeah. kids all love, and oh my gosh, isn't he just a deer? And then suddenly it's just like, whoa,
0: yeah, what the, what
1: and happened? it's,
0: it's especially not good knowing that what will happen the next time we hear from Joe is she trusts Professor Bear enough to give him some of her writing, and he's like this is immoral. This is bad trash. You should stop writing and be a street sweeper before you write anything more about this. I don't care that you're doing it to like raise money for your sick sister. And Joe's like, you're right. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, that's, I have a really that's... hard time with Bear. I understand why all the adaptations kind of modify Bear in some way, whether it's making him young and hot or certainly rewriting this whole scene. So that's simply not what happens. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I'm seeing the red flags. I'm seeing red flags.
1: Yeah, she needs to find that mean twink from earlier who can be like, she girl, does. don't do it, girl. <laughs> she, <laughs> <does>. <laughs> she needs that oh, that bestie.
0: I know. Then he gives her a gift of Shakespeare, which of course is appealing to her from an intellectual standpoint. They're poor, so she's probably she doesn't have many books of her own. She gets Professor Bear some small trinkets and gifts. So she's forming this relationship at least with Miss Norton and Professor Bear. We end the chapter on good terms, but we learn also that everyone else in the boarding house thinks she is very stiff and cool. And Mm -hmm. so she is to whippersnappers, like the main twink we talked about earlier. What do we think of that? How is she getting along with just a couple people and everyone else is like, oh, she is standoffish, she's stiff,
1: she's cool. If people called me stiff and cool, I'd be like, this is so fierce. If I had that (laughs) (laughs) reputation in my boarding house. Yeah. (laughs) And also, who amongst um, us hasn't bought trinkets for an evil man?
0: I mean, I, I certainly have. I, <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I We don't even need to get into the trinkets that I bought for evil men.
1: Listen. But,
0: yeah, I don't <laughs> write look, listen. It's, <laughs> I don't leave this chapter with a positive impression of Bear. It's really going to go downhill from here. I do love kind of Joe striking out on her own, being independent, writing up in her garret i think i love the picture that miss norton gives her of like look another life is possible for you mm-hmm. right as kind of a as like a gender nonconforming woman you don't have to be straight you don't have to marry that's the real upside of this chapter and kind of I the agree. window into culture that miss norton is and actually miss norton never makes it into adaptations oh wow yeah what often happens is professor bear winds up being the one who takes joe to the opera and is like, let's introduce you to people. Let's teach you about culture. Right. Which is very different from, oh, cool older lady who's single and unmarried and has a kind of an intellectual and artistic life. And she's showing me the
1: ropes. It really shifts the meaning around. Yeah. And now we're stuck with Mr. Bear. Now
0: we're stuck with Mr. I just want who will be brave enough to be like, you know what? We actually don't have to preserve this part of the story at all. Mm. Why isn't Miss Norton the one? And why don't they have a thing? It's 2019. It's not 2019 at all. It's 2023.
1: (laughs) But you know, some coward should have done it in 2019.
0: (laughs) Are you calling Greta Gerwig a coward?
1: (laughs) Actually, no. Let me hold that in until I see Barbie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm very excited to see Barbie. Oh, it might be out by the time this episode airs. If it is, tell us how you think. Tell us, leave us a review. Tell us what you think of the Barbie movie. I think we're just about at the end here. Any final impressions from this chapter, JP?
1: Uh, You know, Mr. Bear aside, I felt quite cozy in this chapter. I liked my little nook (laughs) that I was Mm -hmm. given. (laughs) You know, the original impression of Mr. Bear was nice. And then, you know, I'm like, these are my friends. I live here trying my best. You know, not everyone's going to like me. I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Not everyone likes Mm -hmm. my outfits, but I'm here. I'm in New York.
0: Yeah, you know what? I'm not here to make friends. This is not little best friends race. But she does make some friends, I right? She makes to some be, friends. I can hear
1: to be the little woman, you know? <laughs> oh my god. The littlest woman <laughs> of them. The all. littlest woman of them all. It's America's littlest woman.
0: <laughs> oh my god.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, so
0: that's how we feel. I think we're on the same page with Professor Bear. We don't get the first impression is nice, kind of the as time goes on, I don't like the temper. He hasn't freaked out yet, but he will, and it's oh, Laurie is Joe is missing Laurie. I think she's missing Laurie's friendship and she's maybe upset because she must know that going back and like being in communication and being in contact with Laurie will mean being in a romantic relationship with him which she simply does not want. You know, some I will say some people you know, we joked about this, but I think some people do genuinely read the connection with Miss Norton as a lesbian, a proto-lesbian relationship or curiosity in that direction. And I am mm-hmm. all for that interpretation. I think the the cool and fun and sexy thing to do in future adaptations for any Hollywood filmmakers listening is just get rid of Mr. Bear. And she goes to the boarding house and meets Miss Norton, who's a cool older lady who's like let's go to the opera. Let's get into it. And that's where the connection is. That sounds lovely. Doesn't it? Well, on that lovely note, JP, thank you so much for being here today. Where can people find you online? How can they subscribe to Ola Poppy the newsletter? And where can they buy Ola Poppy the book?
1: Yes, I am at JP Bramer on everything, Instagram and Twitter. My sub stack is olapapi.substack.com And you can buy Ola Poppy the book wherever books are sold. I don't know why people say that. I don't think that's true. I-
0: <laughs> I'm going to march into my local corner, the bodega that's all the fucking thick paperback oh fiction. Gosh. I'm like, where is Ola Poppy? This ended? reminds
1: me of when my book first came out and I went to a Polish bookstore because I didn't know it was a Polish bookstore. And I'm looking around and I'm like, there's a John Paul everywhere here. And it's not John Paul Bramer. It is John Paul the Pope. <laughs>
0: oh <my God. laughs> not to be confused. Now I'm thinking about some Catholic priest being like oh i'd love to order this new thing from my pope and hear what he has to say and it's it (laughs) arrives and
1: it's
0: ola parpy how to come out in a walmart parking lot another life lessons
1: oh that sounds great
0: did you know by the way that you can order direct from the papal tailor online i will now you can get shoes ribbons accoutrement
1: clothes oh my gosh okay my halloween costume just got decided
0: (laughs) yes Fabulous. And as always, I'm your host, Peyton Thomas. You can find me online at peytonthomas.ca. You can buy my book, Both Sides Now, wherever you buy Ola Poppy, because you should go and get both. You can also now find us on Instagram. We are at Joe's Boys Pod. We just revealed our summer 2023 guest schedule. We have a ton of treats for you. JP has been a wonderful guest. And in two weeks, you will see, and you'll hear it from Andrew Leland on the next chapter, which is the one where Professor Bear has his freak out, we have Andrew is a blind author and scholar. We have a lot to say about the way that blindness is portrayed and spoken about in that chapter. You won't want to miss it. After that, August 11th, we have Jake Maya Arlo, Stonewall Book Award winning writer, who is chatting with me about the chapter 35 heartache, the showdown between Joe and Lori when he proposes and she says, I'd rather not. You will not want to miss that. And then closing out the summer on August 25th, we have Professor Alice Rutkowski, the chair of English at SUNY Genesio. And we are going deep on a Alcott short story called Enigmas, which gets into homosexuality, transmasculinity, cross-dressing, intrigue, more explicitly than any of Alcott's other work. So that's going to be really fun. Like, follow, subscribe, all that. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in a couple weeks.